Portions of this show have been pre-recorded. Uh, yeah. It's a podcast rebroadcast. All of it is pre-recorded. You big dummy! Stand by to receive our transmission. You know, even before we go on the air here, <laughs> BK on the air, Alan and I are doing movie quotes and talking back. I, I see that happening to us. We're going to get so old to we're going to be old in a wheelchair and in some sort of assisted living so. place. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it'll be it'll be assisted You're living. Show and old. We'll, we'll, we will do nothing but communicate in movie quotes and TV sound bites. Don't and we stuff. do that now? That, yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. so old. Yeah. The only difference then is we won't know we're doing it. It'll well, just that be automatic. Be true. It'll just be automatic. Like I told Mrs. BK, she's probably going to be the one that retains her facilities as we get older. So I said, when I get older and I've lost it all, just every time I open the door to the closet, just make sure there's a Superman costume hanging in there on the hanger. Convince you and that's I'll go, who you were? Oh. And then every day I'll forget it. Then I'll open it the next day, see it again, and think, oh, I know who I am. Mm. And that could be anything. Star Trek costume, put a, a Captain America costume, and just put any put a put a Wonder Woman costume. In there. <laughs> I won't know. I'm like, Boy, oh, I'm I've Wonder Woman. I'm Wonder Woman. Wow, what this happened? is gonna be great. <laughs> so, and that'll that'll be great. But we still we communicate in these lines. And I told you on the, before we went on the air, Twitter put out, there was a big Twitter post on Twitter last week that said a million dollars is up for grabs if you can if you can uh, if we can turn the sound off of any film and you can fill in and do ninety percent of it. You don't even have to be able to do a hundred percent of it. If you can do ninety percent of the dialogue from from any movie, we'll give you a million dollars. I'm like, well, there's a few that I could probably. There's not just one. I don't think. I think there's a few that I could do at least ninety percent. Oh yeah. Of the lines and that. What does that say about us? <laughs> to some, to me, it says great things about us but to someone else walking down the road they'd be like why didn't you learn a trade why didn't you go to college and make something of yourself what's crazy is is, is i have done those and i still well, I can but, do the well, movie and you're a sports fan so i always say you're the hybrid i'm the weirdo you're the you're the, car, about the weirdo you're the hybrid i'm the gonzo you're more of this weird group. than we are you're the Gonzo of the Muppet Show. Yeah, they found Gonzo. They found out in the movie Gonzo was an alien. He was another from another planet. So that 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 described that's that explained it all. <laughs> the I, great Gonzo. I always liked Gonzo. <laughs> he tried so hard. Did you, did you re- ever see the episode of the Muppet Show that Mark Hamill guest starred? He was the host. I'm sure I have. Not recently. It's from early 1980, and it was before The Empire Strikes Back ever premiered. But he does the whole episode as. Two people. He's Mark Hamill on the screen, and then he'll leave, and then every now and then Luke Skywalker will come in on the screen and talk to him. Well, he's in the Luke out. He's in the Luke Bespin outfit. He's in the brown. So you see that before the movie ever came come out because right, he's on the, it on the Muppet suit, Show. Right? Yeah. yeah. So they do a Star Wars parody, of course, because three PO and R two on the show with Chewbacca. They're on it with him. They, like and pigs they're, in they're, space. They're do, yeah, they're doing this, and they interact with pigs in space too. They're doing this song and dance at the end, and then Darth Vader comes up. And is facing toward the camera, so you can't really see anything but just his face straight on. And they're like, "Here he is!" And in the Muppet Show, his name is uh, Dirk Nader, I think is his name. <laughs> and then they're, they're like, will, "Will we ever uncover the identity of this dark masked villain?" And then he goes, when he turns to the side, his helmet turns to the side. You can see it's the Darth Vader mask with a giant Gonzo nose sticking out of it. And he's like, <laughs> "The world may never know who I am." <laughs> <laughs> obviously know that it's Gonzo. It's just, it's a funny episode. I need to go back and watch. Of the, uh, 
of the Muppet Show. It's BK on the air. Hey, how you doing, everybody? It's just I'm your retro radio rocket man. Uh, I want to remind everybody we did a huge. Sometimes I do a retro palooza with my buddies on YouTube. Uh, Dave Sundstrom, uh, Pat McCormick with the Golden Rage of TV, and Thrash Pondo Ponds. They've been guests on the show, and, and we talk about them a lot here. They talk about the same stuff that I do. We all love the retro geeky uh, past of, of, of movies and television, mostly television with Dave. But we did a, a retro palooza five. I can't believe we've done five of these live YouTube chat videos where you, it's it's the, it's the new. Not, I say it's the new thing. It's kind of new to me, but it's been around for a while where people will be on the screen in, in like little grids like the Brady Bunch title sequence where we all got our little square on the on the screen and we're all talking and everyone's chatting and watching at the same time live chatting and they'll throw up chats if someone says something they'll post it up on the screen and we'll react to it but this last week we were talking about uh, I thought and I come up with a subject for it and I told them about it weeks ago and I'm like well, why don't we do a I'd like to do a a, a, a talk about you know b- bubblegum cards lunch boxes and certain toys that we were that we grew up with and we started calling oh bubblegum cards lunch boxes and toys oh my we did the <laughs> we did the wizard of oz thing so it was fun we had a big discussion about it learned some things i didn't know hopefully i was bringing up some things that they didn't know either which was interesting and he was he was he started showing pieces and and he'll, he'll intersperse the chat with little uh music videos where he's put together like uh, pictures of like bubblegum packs you know before you'd open them maybe they'll be in these packs with, uh, that you'd have to rip open and take your cards out and take the bubblegum out and everything or whatever that was called i never called it bubblegum because i don't think that's what it was yeah i'm not sure what that <laughs> it was. was something so and then you he did this montage of, of hundreds of pack covers that would fly by and just looking at those we decided the art the art on those bubblegum card packs were special art for the packs they weren't just lifted photoshop photos of, of the of the subject matter and just put on the packs they did a pop culture kind of a pop art of it and uh, they were we figured out man those were those are little pop culture art pieces in themselves you know mm-hmm. they were great art on the on the cover of those because uh, the artist had to come up with that and put it on the cover and i never collected sports cards i never was never into sports i never got into that but it was a, that was a big faction of cards too but thank goodness companies like tops and Fleer and uh, 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 Donruss or Don Russ or however you would pronounce that company that did them, uh, they did movie and TV show uh, bubblegum yeah. packs too, which you know, for those of us that didn't, oh those idiots, those geeks that don't like the sports, we'll do this for them, and they were pretty successful too. I can and I told the guys, I said to this day, I can I can safely say that the ones that I kept, I have a complete set of the Star Wars cards when they came out. Still, in a, I put them in a protective That's sleeve. That's crazy. And they had different they had different color sets of Star Wars. They come yeah. out with the blue blue series, and the red series came along, and the yellow ones that had yellow border. Then you had, I think, green, and then orange, and they would come out. And uh, I kept I them, know I kept for them the longest time they came in your Wonder Bread when I was growing up. Those are separate ones. Yeah, those are completely separate. And yeah. I would get those, but those, those have long since gone somewhere into the trash heap of history. Yeah, and since they were even more kind of rare than the Topps cards, I think those Wonder Bread cards bring in even more on eBay. Yeah, I don't. I try not to yeah, look those things were, up anymore. They were, they were really since good. The, since all of the Phase 1 or early Volume 1 version of the Transformers, I started looking on eBay, I just stopped. I, oh, I really? can't yeah. do that. I can't. I can't say of how much they are now and how like, much you could have. I had every <laughs> one of these, every single one. Isn't it great though? All the all the cards and and the and when you were older you could you were you're always if you bought a box of them sometimes you could buy them by the box like a box of the packs. Right. If you bought a box of them, you're guaranteed to get a complete set. You just have to take them all, open them all, put them together. There'd be at least one full set of them in a box. 
And then later on as an adult and you bought cards later, you're like, oh, I like those cards, you know, in my 30s, I'll, I'll buy those. You just usually buy a box. Well, it took all the fun out of it. The fun was going to buy a pack for 25 cents. Rip it open. And Either hope. chew the gum or throw the gum away or use it to seal a, a hole in the dam or something <laughs> that was leaking. Uh, then you could go, oh, I got this. You want to trade that? You want to give me a 3PO for a Luke Skywalker? It was just fun. We talked all about it. It's BK on the air. And now, these messages. Star Wars. You and your children loved it. Now, the Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful Star Wars companions with Kenner's Star Wars action figures. R2, it's a little you. Kenner's new radio-controlled R2-D2 anyone can command. Ah, the Star Wars land speeder that moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star space station, four floors of action, a trash compactor too. Listen, R2, that's the Star Wars electronic laser battle, a game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and games in Kenner's Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the force be with you and your children. There's only one Tic Tac, the original Mouthwag. Daddy bought me the best mints money can buy. But nothing matches the whack of a Tic Tac. I drifted for a while, lozenges, breath mints, but you can't beat the old whack. There are lots of substitutions, but there's only one taste sensation like Tic Tac, the original Mouthwag. Now there's a Tic Tac with berry on one side and cherry on the other. A Tic Tac double whack pack. La 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 Luke Luke I am your father la 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 Oh I've interrupted happy time That was from Star Wars I know fellow classic TV fans, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman was a groundbreaking television series that aired from 1976 to 77. Created by sitcom legend Norman Lear, it starred Louise Lasser as Mary Hartman, a housewife from a small town in Ohio who becomes embroiled in a series of bizarre and often absurd situations. The show is notable for its dark humor, social commentary, and experimental storytelling techniques. It was originally conceived as a parody of a daytime soap opera, but quickly evolved into something much more complex and layered. The show focused on mundane and often depressing aspects of everyday life, such as infidelity, mental illness, and consumerism. This actually helped to elevate it independently above other sitcoms of the time and cemented its place in television history. The series featured a number of notable guest stars, including Martin Mull, Dabney Coleman, and Shelley Fabre. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman's serialized storytelling, offbeat humor, and social commentary paved the way for other shows like Twin Peaks and The X-Files and helped to shape the modern television landscape. Despite its critical acclaim and loyal fan base, it was canceled after only two seasons due to low ratings, some personal problems with its lead actress, and an increased competition from other shows. However, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman has remained a cult classic and has inspired numerous imitations, 
homages and parodies over the years. This is Pat McCormick with your retro TV trivia from the Golden Rage of TV. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Golden Rage of TV and my retro TV radio podcast available on most popular podcast platforms. And now back to BK on the Air. Hey, we're both back. It's BK on the air, and Alan Sanders is in here with me. We're having a nice little quiet time when the microphones are off discussing things that we can't discuss on the air. By the way, we're both sitting here relaxed every morning, both with our cup of coffee. He prefers, we like our coffee like we like our women. He likes his tall, dark, brunette, little strong, maybe a little bitter. I like mine. Very with, uh, strong. Mine, mine, mine's more of a light blonde and artificially sweet. <laughs> It's the way I like mine. So if that tells you anything, that might Mine's tell you a little raw. thing about us. So there's yeah. nothing added. It says everything we need to know about us. Well, maybe more than you should know. <laughs> Speaking of coffee, back in the break room, uh, <laughs> I'm back there in the coffee room, and you know that uh, what's that what's that coffee maker we have? What's the what's the name brand that thing is? I, I can never pronounce it. it starts with a K. The Keurig. It's, it's, I heard it. I heard it said. I heard it called Keurig, K Rock, and Corkerog, it's Kerrig. Is that how you Kerrig. say it? Yeah. I, I I don't know if it's getting older or getting age on it, but the more I mean, I actually put the every time now I put the coffee in it and I close it and I hit brew or whatever and mm-hmm. hit the activate button, it 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 always goes like. It makes this the, the older it gets, the more it sounds like an imperial probe droid. Have you noticed that when it starts, it's like it's like talking to us. I'm like, this thing didn't do that when we first bought it. So I don't I know if it's, it's the mileage that are on it in the cut the cut mileage. Could be, it could cups. be. It gets used a lot because with you around, a coffee cup maker is not going to last very long. If it was just you only, but it's not you only. It's you and everybody else that uses it. Here. You know, you know what I'm finding? So that's a lot. This is crazy. You, you just this is your problem. You brought this up. I had no thought of bringing up what I'm going to say next until that. Well, it's safe for air, right? I just realized that they must have figured out a while ago, these things are popular now. Let's make them so they break faster. Because I have an oh, sure. older K-Cup machine yeah, been doing that, that is a tank. Like, that thing won't die. It yeah. just And it churns out coffee after coffee. <laughs> Here at the studio, we've gone through three. And I guarantee you, we've mine's gone through three? Mine's I thought older. it was only yeah. two, really. Wow, had, okay. Yeah, because well, the theater people absconded with one, and then we had we to get another so one. So many people and here that use them here died. with our company. We do go through a lot of coffee here, but I mean, well, what station? What radio station doesn't? I don't. I don't drink as many cups as you do because I have the knockoff. I have a knockoff brand at home. I have the one called the Chillux. It's C H U L L U X Chillux, and it's like that Keurig or whatever it's called. It's like that, only it just. Uh, it's just different, and it, it's, it's one cup at a time with the with the yeah. with the K cup in it and everything. But uh, mine's still working fine. I think it's two year, two or three years old now, and it's still going. Now, now if the if the Chilluck was here at the station, I think it would have lasted three weeks. <laughs> then would have you would have went in, you'd see smoke coming out. That's of it. how often you drink at home, and huh? it would have blown. Yeah, I mean, I drink I drink at home, but not as anywhere near as often as anybody here does. Too. I average just for the fun of it two to three a day. Usually that's how I start. My yeah, morning. well, see, you need it. You're on uh, 22 different radio shows every week, so that's the you need that extra boost of energy Actually, just to do what you did do. Did you not hear the study that came out that said <laughs> you're fooling yourself if you think that the coffee is waking you up? It's the idea of the coffee that's actually waking you up. It's not really oh, the really? coffee. Yeah, but I thought, but I thought caffeine helps 
there's not enough. The technically, there's not enough in it for it to do anything. It may give you the shakes, but it doesn't necessarily wake you up. Oh, well, in fact, whatever I, works. What it, a doctor <laughs> you know? will tell you: eat an, an apple when you first wake up. The natural sugar of an apple will wake you up faster than a cup of coffee. Uh, what if you don't have any sugar at all in the morning? Because I don't. No, so see, I, I avoid. For me, it, so I'm I losing see, weight. See, I don't need the coffee to wake up. I just love the coffee. Like that's part yeah, of my, you like I've the associated taste. it as yeah. my morning routine. Right. Plus, I like a warm beverage to keep my vocal cords warmed up. We're in radio. we got to keep our voice. So I like to have a nice warm cup well, of something in the morning. The thing with – but here's the thing with the kids nowadays, too. The kids nowadays, Alan, what you know the kids? children? Every kid, I guess, I don't know, millennial or whatever you want to label them. Well, they're them. Gen Zers and now they're – what are they? Um, the Gen Alphas. Yeah, whatever they happen the to be. The new ones, Gen Alphas. The ones that aren't us. <laughs> I'll just say that. They always – no matter what, and it's not every one of them, I won't blanket every one of them, but the majority I see are walking around with an energy drink in their hand. And they'll even talk to you and go, oh, yeah, I have to have my energy drink. I drink two or three a day. I'm like, why do you, why do you, you're, 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 you're 18. Right. I'm 57. I don't need an energy drink at all, but you do. You're supposed to have more energy than I do. What are you do? What's wrong here? There's something you think I would be the one right. that needs the energy drink. And believe me, I've tried a couple of them a couple of times. I will never do that again. I drank a, I drank a, uh, one of those canned Starbucks things that was in the can or whatever that said super like duper star shots, or uh, something. electricity, uh, uh, electric chair drink or whatever it was called. You know, I drank I one of those. It was called death. I couldn't figure That's out right. why I felt like yeah, I was going to die. I'm not drinking anything anymore that has skull and crossbones <laughs> on the can. Uh, the other one was like one of the energy drinks from one of those gas stations. It was their own brand and the fountain drink it or whatever. I, I tried it. And after I tried both of them, yeah, it uh, it jazzed me up, mm-hmm. but I also felt very, very sick. I'm sitting was, here in the car. Bad. Why does it feel like I just got done running a race? And <laughs> I feel like I want to pass out and throw up. I, I didn't like the effect I, at all. I don't know why the kids think that. I guess they need it. What are they doing? Are they not sleeping at all? Are they staying no, up all night playing video games? I don't know what it is. It's like anything else. It's the fad. It's the or, addictive or, fad. Or they don't need it, but it gives them more so they can do more. I'm like, well, that's that's a I, that's a, that's a, 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 a facade. Yeah, I can tell that's you the fake. whole like the Red Bull thing. I read a story not that long ago, and it and it convinced me that I was good <clears throat> not drinking these. There was a college student who thought it was like the cool thing would drink seventeen a day. Oh, and no. then all of a sudden, and this is a true story from from the UK. Health problems. All of a sudden, started feeling like he was having a heart attack. He actually was. He was having a heart attack. There was a reason. He for damaged that. his heart from the amount of times wow. he was See? artificially causing it to speed up. That's incredible. And he actually had to go on therapy, both physical and medical. He had to get medicines. for. It took him a year for his heart to heal and, he and might get have, back he to He might normal. have been going through withdrawals, too, because his body was used to getting all that crap. All I had to do was hear that. I'm like, why, why would I do that? Well, I just I think it's funny that the kids are need the energy drinks, at least the ones I bump into, and, I, and I'm astounded by, by telling them, I'm 57. I don't drink them at all. I don't know why you need that. It's so weird. You know. But anyway, I, things that fa- uh, we're talking about kids that eat Tide Pods and cinnamon well, there, challenges. There, <laughs> there is that. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Hey, um, film yourself diving into an empty pool. It'll be funny. Okay. <laughs> somebody That's was ca- somebody stupid. was comparing the. Uh, somebody said the average falcon, the bird, lives ten to fifteen years, and considering that right now when a fel- when a falcon would have been born, they're saying all the kids now can be referred to as millennial falcons. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, with these TikTok challenges, they may not live any <laughs> they longer. They may not than go a any longer than that. Uh, Stacy hates that too, by the way. Uh, different actors, depending on who you are on Star Wars, pronounce it differently. James Earl Jones says the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. 
yeah. then she goes, it's not Falcon, it's Falcon. It's not pronounced Falcon. Well, even it's Harrison Falcon. Ford calls it the Falcon. I know, but everybody else is like, it's the Falcon. It's Falcon. Because Remember, of that, my dad always used to say, I like watching the Falcons on the NFL. I'm like, it's not the Fal- it's the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> it's the Falcon Islands. Fal- right? Exactly. The Falcons. <laughs> there's a W in there. <laughs> we haven't even gotten anything I've printed out to talk about yet, so... <laughs> That's always good. We must we, have had a lot of stuff bottled we up. Well, we missed the Saturday from the sewage thing. That's that true. Happened. The we're sewer still, pipe. We couldn't even do our show. From that. And I'm still trying to play catch up from that. But uh, I, and I talk with you off the air. You're a big fan of. Uh, you're a big fan of uh, Kenneth Branagh. His uh, new parole fixation he has with the French detective. The new movie, A Haunting in Venice, the trailer, the big mustache is back, it says. It's, uh, <laughs> the big uh, mustache. From Slash Film. The stash is And back. Uh, I forgot, the. Uh, it's not 20th Century Fox that makes it. It's uh, it's the new brand, newly branded 20th Century Studios is who they are. It's the same kind of logo they used at the beginning, but they had to rename it because <gasps> doesn't Disney own them? I think they do. Yes. It says, with murder on the Orient Express and the less good death on the Nile. I won't agree with that. I actually enjoyed death on the Nile a little bit better than or murder on the Orient Express, but the writer of this article obviously didn't. It says, Brana has built up a big-budget, star-studded franchise based on Agatha Christie's detective character. And I've never... Detective stories. Agatha Christie, Conan Doyle with Sherlock Holmes, and, and, and all those things. I was never a fan of those things, even an adult. I'm like, I find it boring. I don't, I'm not saying it's crap and it's bad. It's just not for me. I've always found that kind of... Those murder, those mystery things, they were kind of boring to me, and I don't know why. But but Branna puts such a shine on the films, you kind of go, oh, it's eye candy from a boring story, and I like it. It <laughs> makes it it makes it fun for the journey. Well, plus he also they're so, very, yeah. uh, they set it in the time period too, so it's and a, that's it's interesting. A, it's, yeah. a, it's a period piece in a way. Well, the new one's called A Haunting in Venice. It's based on the Agatha Christie book Halloween Party. As the title suggests, spooky stuff is afoot, which means Perot and his giant mustache will have to once again solve a mystery with a large cast of characters. And this time, it, he may also have to deal with ghosts, but we're not. It may be look like ghosts, but he'll prove that they're not. So this movie opens September fifteenth of this year. So look I had no to idea what was in development until I saw the trailer. Trailer. Speaking on there, we're going to take a break and we'll flash the audience and have more stuff crammed in when we come back. Mommy, I'm thirsty. Hello. We'd like your family to taste lemonade flavor high C drink mix. Who are you? Oh, boy! Mmm, that sure looks tasty. Oh, boy, come on, Mom, I'm thirsty. Mmm, this tastes like homemade lemonade. <laughs> it's the delicious taste of high C in a powder. Bye-bye. Gee, thanks, mister. I said, you know how good it is. For some people, colas become a taste habit they find hard to break out of. <laughs> Yet if they would only pour a glass full of crisp, clean-tasting 7-Up, they will find it's remarkably easy to enjoy a taste. Mmm, so light and refreshing. You know you love the taste of 7-Up. <laughs> Marvelous. So why let a taste habit keep you bottled up? Don't you feel good about 7-Up? Now, back to the show. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're back. It's BK on the air. No strike here. We're not on strike. We we will strike forward. <laughs> we'll move forward. <laughs> I want to keep working, man. I don't care. I, I'm not a member of anything where I have to do that. So, uh, yeah. Nope. The only strike I make is uh, against uh, insects in my house. <laughs> Strike that fly. Strike that gnat. I strike out a lot. Correct that whip. 
Yeah, so it's that time that we do here on BK on the Air like to flash the audience of the news, the weird, the strange, and the bizarre. And I have the first news from UPI. The National Weather Service personnel in Texas put the record heat wave, heat wave to good use by, and they always do this, but here's another one of these. Baking a batch of cookies on the dashboard of a hot car. Now, this, this, the reason I report this is this is nothing new, but this has a meaning that I want to point out at the end. The NWS office in Midland said a fa- in a Facebook post that it was about 105 degrees outside and 190 degrees inside the car when the cookie dough was placed on the dashboard. The cookies were left to cook for about four and a half hours, so it was kind right. of a slow cook. Well, yeah, because it's night. The end, it, it wasn't 400 degrees. <laughs> the NWS said the cookies weren't quite golden brown, but they were fully cooked. We can confirm that they are done and delicious, the NWS employees wrote. Officials said the project highlights the dangers of hot cars. And there's the last word, the last line in the story is what I want to yeah. attest to. Hey, number one, talking about uh, talk about anything in a car. Don't leave your children in a car, even if it's not hot. Right. <laughs> you know, just don't do that. Don't leave your pets inside the car. Right. Oh, I cracked the window a little bit. Oh, thanks. You no. made it hundred from 190 to 110. Okay, you doesn't matter. It off a little bit. That's stupid. No. I would, um, if I saw... Uh, anything suffering, even a dog in someone's car, yeah, I'm breaking and, the window. And, f- and forget something living in a hot car with the windows rolled up. I left back in the day when we would take videotapes back to Blockbuster or whatever. I left a videotape in my car in the back on the top of the seat under the back glass of the car. I just I put it up there when I was doing something uh-huh. in my car, came back out. Guess what? I had to pay for that videotape because when I came yeah. back, it had turned. I, I had rented. I think I think I'd rented Superman, and then when I got it, it had turned into another movie, The Incredible Melting Man. That kind of so yeah, it was another movie. That, so the the tape <laughs> fused together. It was a it was goop. I mean, it it, it wasn't goop, but it, it was warped yes. beyond yeah, ever can't. playing again. And so so it's very hot inside of a car. Yeah, see, you Don't didn't have little that. toddlers, but when you leave a crayon in a car, oh yeah, not only does it melt, it stains. Yeah, <laughs> we found that Especially out. We got that cloth. <laughs> That's cloth seats. And you better you make sure you've out. taken any milk bottles like they've been drinking out of. You better oh. make sure you get those out. And don't leave that two-liter Coke in there Oh, that sealed can explode. Up. That's a nice bomb. So the the bottom line, the moral of the story, only, li- only leave a baking sheet of uncooked cookie <laughs> dough in your car. That's the only thing you should leave in there. I guess so. Right? Guess what? I got the next news. And you'll have cookies when you come out. It'll be great. Too bad. A California man who was named the world's oldest bodybuilder in 2015 has his title updated when he participated in a recent competition at the age of 90. He's 90 years old and he's a bodybuilder? Jim Arrington, who was first named the world's oldest bodybuilder by Guinness World Records at the age of 83, broke (laughs) his own record by participating in an International Federation of Bodybuilding and Fitness Professional League event in Reno, Nevada. Arrington placed third in the men's over 70 category at the event and first in the over 80. The athlete said he was born at just five and a half pounds and suffered from multiple health issues early wow. in his years, but he started lifting weights at the age of 15. Isn't that what Arnold Schwarzenegger said? He I discovered the gym about so, 15. Yeah. He goes, I wanted to be a superhero, is what he said to Guinness World Records. Arrington, who still spends two hours at the gym, three hours a week. Wait. I guess it's supposed to be three days a week. Two hours at the gym, three days a week. they got a typo. Yeah, Yeah, they do have a typo. Said holding the world record opened an entire new universe, including a feature in men's health last year. I mean, That goes to show you there is never a wrong time or you can't 
Fitness can happen anytime, right. and you can keep doing it and, for as long as you're alive. And talk about endeavoring to persevere. This guy's like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna break the record I did last, <laughs> the last record. Crazy? I'll break it. So He's still yeah. lifting weights and still participating in bodybuilding. Well, if you're out there, listen to – look up Jim Arrington, the guy who broke this record. You know, he's got a photo of himself up there, out there. You know, he, he looks like an old man from, from the neck up, but from the neck down – He's he. I don't want to. Me- I wouldn't mess with him. Yes. Uh, no, yeah. No way. I got the next news <laughs> from UPI. A Chicago family had a lunchtime surprise when an evacuation slide fell from a plane. I heard about approaching this. O'Hare International Airport and struck their house. Was it from a United? Jet, maybe? Is that what the story? Uh, I, I don't know. Let's see what uh, homeowner Patrick DeVitt said he was on his way to his family's home on the northwest side when his son and father in law, who were inside the house, heard a loud noise around 12 15 p.m. this past Monday. DeVitt said the slide caused damage to the roof shingles, downspout, and a kitchen window screen before ending up in the backyard. DeVitt dragged the slide to the front of the home after that. The family called 911 and the FAA team arrived about 30 minutes later. Now, they confirmed crews at O'Hare discovered a United Airlines Boeing 767 had just landed from Switzerland, was missing its emergency slide. Mm -hmm. The FAA and and United Airlines are investigating what caused the slide to fall from the plane. Could you imagine sitting in the house and going, I swear, honey, I had nothing to do with that woman. And (laughs) if I did, may an emergency slide from a plane hit our house right now. (laughs) Boom. Boom. What's crazy is what happened if that plane had had an emergency landing and they go to deploy that slide? Uh, yeah. And you hear, and they look down like, where's the slide? Where's the slide? Where'd it go? I guess you're jumping down on the concrete. Know, we just got a call from the neighborhood about 10 miles back. I yeah. don't know what's going on. All right. I got the next news. I never do that anymore. I never do that. May lightning strike me if I blah, blah, blah. I never do stuff like that anymore. Okay. <laughs> this is another one of those that just has me sick to my stomach, and I didn't even read it out loud yet. A rare first-generation iPhone from 2007. I saved this one for you. Was auctioned for $190,372, setting a new record for the holy grail of collectible iPhones. Is that the first-generation iPhone? Yes. The very first one. LCG Auctions said Sunday's auction for the factory-sealed, never-opened, 4-gigabyte model iPhone ended with a high bid of more than 400 times the device's original price. The iPhone was discontinued just two months after its launch due to its popularity being far surpassed by the 8-gigabyte model. That one's probably not worth as much, yeah. LCG Auctions previously sold an 8-gig phone for a measly $63,356. I'm now mad that I've gotten rid of all my old phones. I never know what to save, though. If I'd have saved that, if I'd have saved that and went to try to sell it, like, well, we'll give you two bucks for it. That's all it would be worth. Yeah. Nobody wants one of those anymore. Well, I've got the last news. UPI, an Australian fitness enthusiast recaptured a Guinness World Push-Ups record. Daniel Scalai, 30, previously set the record for the most push-ups in one hour in April of 2022, but his record was broken by fellow Australian Lucas Helmk, who performed uh, push-ups. All right, now you want to, okay, one hour. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take a crack at how many push-ups he did in an hour to break the record? I'll tell you the other record, too, after you try to guess. I don't know, 500? If you, if you would have told me how much this was, I never would have guessed it. No, it's not 500. It's more. More than 500? So, so even more than 500 in an hour sounds even more incredible. Right. Yeah, it's more than 500. All right, what's the number? You want to take another guess? You want to go up a little bit more? Well, let's double it, 1,000. 1,000, okay, you're still wrong. 3,249 push-ups in 
60 minutes. Yes, that's awesome. He broke the record of 3,182 set in 2022. Yeah, I, did, I made the same face you did just now. You that's... can't see because it's radio, but the face he just made is the face I made when I saw this to- this total. Scully's left arm is near, is near constant pain due to a, con- a condition called complex regional pain syndrome, which was caused by a severe break when he was 12 years old, and he still managed to do this. Scully said his next goal, next goal is to recapture a record that he formerly held, the longest time in the abdominal, the abdominal plank position. Oh. Okay. I can hold the abdominal pain position. I usually hold that one, but not the plank. So there you go. 3,249 push-ups in an hour. I couldn't do 3,249 push-ups in a week. <laughs> Much less an hour. I don't know that I can do it in a week, to be quite honest with you. I don't think I can recover there that fast. There you go. It's BK on there. I couldn't recover at all. We'll return after these messages. digital game that you can take with you anywhere. With the batteries you supply, the light-emitting diode zips across the screen. You try to press the right button to send it back. An automatic readout keeps score. Two people or only one can play. When you play with Blip, you get carried away. And so does Blip. Blip, the digital game from Tomy. BK on the air. I don't know whether you saw it or not, but uh, Tony Bennett passed away. Yeah, this 96. Legendary uh, Almost singer. Was he two weeks or something away from 97? He I was very close to hitting so. 97. His publicist, Sil- uh, Sylvia Wiener, uh, confirmed Bennett's death to the Associated Press, saying he passed away at his hometown in, in of New York. New York, as, yeah. as of now, there's been no specific cause of death announced, although Bennett was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease in 2016. You know, he um, still put albums out and still did concerts, even though he had he did. Alzheimer's? He did a duet with Lady Gaga or a duet album which was uh, which was very popular and very well received. We Stacy and I got to go see Tony Bennett in concert in 2013 when he came through Atlanta to uh it's it used to be the it's the amphitheater that's it's the Maris Bank amphitheater I think is what it's called now but I think it was High Five Buys or whatever back then. <laughs> but we got to see it because I had a friend that worked for that location and said, "Hey, well I've got a couple of free tickets. You guys want to go see Tony Bennett?" We're like and we and we wouldn't have never 
went out of our way to pay for tickets to go see him. I, I, I thought he was great, but I, I never went to see him in concert. But we got to go see him, and that, and that free, it's great when a free concert turns out to be a really, really great one. And it was really fun to see him perform and do those do those classic crooning hits, Heart, Left mm-hmm. My Heart in San Francisco and all the other stuff that he did. And it was really fun. So I was, I was really glad and fortunate that I got to go see Tony Bennett in concert a few years back. That's cool. The better half. I've I've never seen him and I never will now. But yeah. um, I under I I get why he is who he is. Frank Sinatra said, which is ironic because Tony Bennett did a lot of covers of Frank Sinatra yeah. songs, said that he is the most accomplished singer he knew. And if Frank Sinatra says that about that's you, that's crazy, isn't it? Now I'm sure these guys were good friends, and they, he wasn't right. going to say. But some Tony of those... Bennett's a piece of filth. Well, I, I don't wouldn't... know. Sometimes Frank Sinatra would say that about somebody he didn't like. True, he was known for doing that. But I can only imagine he was telling the truth about it because they all, they all, they all had a lot of them had great respect for each other. So yeah. out of all the, let's do this. Out of all the crooners, mm-hmm. the, the, those type guys that, that to me that were, they were the classic, uh, and then when I say Vegas type performers, I don't mean Vegas in a tacky way. I mean. The, the, the yeah. singers, the, the the guys are just known for singing. They weren't part of a rock group. They were just crooning singing. Uh, you know, Frank Sinatra, um, Tony Bennett, Dean Martin, uh, Perry Como, all those guys that would sing. The did you have a favorite? Fog. You know, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, uh, Sammy, Sammy did you good. ever have a favorite out of all of those Probably singers? Probably Frank Sinatra. Because I did. You, you'd like Sinatra. Probably Sinatra. Stacy and I loved our favorite was and always will be Dean Martin. I don't know what it is about Dino, <laughs> but he was fun. He had a great TV show. He had a great uh, roast that he would do. He was a funny comedian with Jerry Lewis back in the 50s, but he was also a great singer, too. So I always was a huge mm-hmm. fan of Dean Martin. Had I got a chance to have seen Dean Martin, I would have done that because he was great. I don't want to scare anybody into thinking. I mean, I know people do that Christmas in July thing, if I can switch gears here, but uh, – it seems to be Christmas in July. I never understood why they that. did that, but you would say that. Because it's exactly you, halfway you to would, Christmas. You would say, there's nothing wrong with Christmas uh, January through December. There's that, nothing wrong with that. You Christmas are correct, month sir. Is okay. We had a, by the way, the, uh, the, the, the retro Palooza that we did on uh, not too long ago. And go check it out, by the way. Go to Dave Sundstrom's. Oh, uh, YouTube. We talked about Christmas trees. Yeah, yeah. Go. Did you hear it? Were you listening then? Yeah, she go. My pal so were, Alan's got a were, tree in every room. List, you didn't listening to the whole thing, but you happened to be listening right as we were talking about you, which was great. Uh, Dave Sundstrom's YouTube page. Go look up the Retro Palooza on Dave Sundstrom's YouTube page, and you can see our our nostalgic talk that we had last week, this past week, a uh, live chat. It was great. But it, we we brought up the uh, I brought up this this ornament I'm going to talk about, and and I'm like, man, you have to. Sometimes there's so many Hallmark. Ornaments, you, you you can't fit them all in one tree. And I'm like, well, yeah, just do like my friend Alan does. He's got a Christmas tree in all five rooms of his house. And yep. you were the you were the butt of a joke there for a second. But you're used to that. Every anyway, every one of the trees, though, has a different theme. <laughs> you I could know. literally, I in know my that. house, have a Star Wars tree. I know. This is the man, people, who wish Christmas was every day. And then when you do that, it cheapens it. I don't want it to be Christmas every day because if you have icing and not a cake all the time, then you get sick of icing. So you know, we don't I want just it to be say Christmas there's nothing wrong with Christmas in July. That's true. Well, there I told them on the air when we had that show that we're trying to help you, so we're trying to get help for you somehow. But I don't think there's any helping you on that. Are you trying <laughs> to suggest lost, that you're lost in that? A love of fog. Christmas is a problem. <laughs> no, a oh. love of Christmas. No, a love of Christmas 24 hours a day and want it to be every day of the year. That you know, might be I don't a problem. want it every that, day. I don't know. I but don't I know do that. think you can extend it. I have my doubts. <laughs> <laughs> my doubts. My f- well, well, Hallmark. You have some of the Hallmark ornaments. 
My wife Don't collects you? a lot of kind of ornaments. I, yes. For a while there, I did have some when I when I would hang them up, but I think they've since been either sold or given away. I had the Enterprise from Star Trek, the original first one they did, which is so expensive now. And it's another one of those, why did I get rid of why that? Why did I get rid of why it? Why did I get rid of that? Then I had the space the little shuttlecraft from Star Trek where Spock's the original. voice is on it. Yeah, I yeah. had that one. And uh, not too long ago, Hallmark came out with one that's uh, Kirk and Spock in the um, in the um, the, the chamber where Spock is dying on the other side, and Kirk's got his hand on. Oh, the that's glass. a good Christmassy kind they, of. Yeah, you always want to think about that when you Death. think about Christmas. So, well, so Hallmark has done it again. They've released a new Star Wars Christmas ornament. I think it's available right now, and I'll give you a hint about what it's based on. What's going on, buddy? You're being put into carbon freeze. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. The Empire will compensate you if he dies. Put him in. Listen to me. Chewie. Chewie, this won't help me. Hey, save your strength. There'll be another time. The princess. You have to take care of her. You hear me? Huh? And yes, we are in the studio doing the lines as it's we're crazy. Lives. Go back to and as they lower Han into the carbon freeze, we're all sad. We're like, what's going on? I'm in the theater in 1981. How is it? this what's going on we didn't right carbon back no then. idea that that's what was going to happen back when it happened the first. Happens. i'm in the theater going wait what wait wait well they're going <laughs> to rescue him by the end of course right. we had no idea well the reason i play that uh is uh, that's the new ornament that hallmark is coming out with it's called the empire star wars the empire strikes back into the carbon freezing chamber ornament with lights sound and motion oh and they got the price on here too 64.99 Listen to this. The ornament depicts a famous Empire Strikes Back scene, which you heard when Leia confesses to her love for Han Solo. He responds, I know, just seconds before being encased in carbonite. And can I just say this about the line there? They went through a lot on that. Han was, as you know, was originally supposed to say, um, I love you too. I love you too. or, Or remember that because I'll be back, or something like that. It was just several lines that he was supposed to say. In the comic book, when she says, I love you in the adaptation, he goes, good, you remember that, because I'll be back. It's just it's what he said. So, and there was another thing. Well, it wasn't working on set. It mm-hmm. wasn't working. So, Irving Kirshner, the director, told Harrison Ford, "Let's let's do it again. It's not working. So let's film it again and just say just say something off the top of your head. Just say something. Go with your and gut. go with it. And they did. Harrison Ford went. I know. And a lot of people think that's a horrible that's a horrible response to her. Oh, how selfish that is. No, if you look at Harrison Ford's voice when he says that to her and everything. That is Han's way, because we know how Han is, the character Han. We know who he is. We know what he is. That's his way of saying to her, I love you too, That it, that well, without it, saying it. I'm going to go even beyond that, it. because look at the entire time. He's making moves on her. He's like, remember she you? She knows he loves she him. She was playing hard the whole right. time. The whole right. movie, you get you get the idea she hates him. Right. But then when she finally admits it, he's like, no, I. that's why I've know. always known. And she knows that he loves her too, but... The ornament feature, and here's what happens when you press the button on this ornament. Imagine the, the, the carbon freeze scene. <laughs> I you, still you can't got, believe Han, the way you described it. You got Han there. You got Vader standing there on the ornament. The only person, the only thing that they've complained about on this is Boba Fett's not on the ornament. I'm like, okay, well, that's a minor complaint. It's okay. But Vader's standing there on this ornament. It's pretty big, by the way. There's a big hole in the middle of it where the carbon freeze chamber is. Han is standing there on the top of it. 
Leia's on the other side looking at him. 3PO is on Chewie's back looking at them from the other side. You press the button. The, the sound starts to play. Han lowers into the pit in this ornament. The, the, the noises play. The thing lights up like he's being frozen from the hole. The lights come out uh, flashing in the hole there. Uh-huh. Then he raises back up encased in the carbonite. And that's that's the ornament. That's that's how it does it. I think that's just great. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that, but I love that. I looked at a one that they were using on YouTube showing it live, and uh, it's fan it's fantastic. Go to Hallmark.com and check it out because they've got it on there, and I'm sure that you can get it in any place you can buy that's, it. That's Hallmark or really cool. So they're getting really creative with those Hallmark ornaments. And I, Hallmark, on their Facebook page, they have a little uh, – the people that work at Hallmark, they made a video of the artists that put these things together. And they have, because, you know, this has to start with a design. Mm-hmm. They have to, to make everything look right. They have to get the right, you know, pay the rights to use these things. But they have to translate to the ornament right. They have to get the sculpting right, and everything has to look cool. The Enterprise has to look right. You know, Darth Vader has to look right on this. And they put a lot of care into, into the, these artists, put a lot of care into their creation of these ornaments. And you can tell because they almost all of them usually wind up going up a lot higher than what you paid for them later on if you see the prices of them going up unless they make a billion of them because uh, right. sometimes they'll go oh well that was a collector's item the next time we make one we'll make a billion we're like well there's not going to be worth as much then when you do it that way so Marvel that's the thing Comics. about those limited annual or yearly collections because yeah. they'll make a limited supply get them while you can yeah. marvel comics made that make mistake in the 80s they would make these comic books would come out and People, the public and people decide what a collector's item is. True. You can't, sometimes you make and make one and go, oh, this is, call it one. But unless the people decide that it's one, it's not one. Because there's a lot of Marvel Comics came out with 3D covers and Mylar covers and stuff like that. that, And they made a billion of them and they're still sitting in dime boxes in these comic stores just sitting there. So, and so some of these things do wind up being worth a lot more. And I still don't know what to hold on to and sell or we would have done it already. That's my problem. That's why I'm just... I a lot of comic on, books. So. I've hung on to all my books for now. My wife was like, just throw them away. I'm like, I'm not throwing those away. I can't. I can't. I've held on to them for too long it. at this point. <laughs> I'm going to try to pull up the video and show you uh, one of them in a more of a detailed look as we go to a break here. Speaking of there, we're going to take a break. When we come back, oh my goodness, I got some Barbie news. The Barbie movie's coming out. I got fascinating facts about Barbie. And AMC has abandoned an idea that some other theaters do that are still doing it. I don't know if the others will abandon it as well. We'll talk about that when we come back. Speak on the air. Take away his laser pistol, robot. Don't pay for this Lando Calrissian. Han Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Outnut, check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and Han Solo, Ugnaught, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Hey, what you eating? A neat candy bar. Boy, is it crispy. Sounds good. Smells peanutty. What do you call it? Whatchamacallit? Whatchamacallit? That's right. What's right? Name. What name? Whatchamacallit? You forgot the name? Whatchamacallit, the totally different crunchy bar of peanutty tasting crisp drenched in chocolate. Whatchamacallit from Hershey. You can ask for it by name. Can I ask some of that? Some of what? Stand by to receive our transmission. Hey, yeah, look at that. We're back. It's BK on the air here on AM 1450 and 100.3 FM WBHF. We can also broadcast live on our website, WBHFradio.com. 
www.ghostbusters.org. If you're near your computer or got a computer you want to listen to us or any way you can get to a browser and listen to us, we also use apps as well. If you can't get to the computer, try to do that first. But <laughs> the other way you can listen to us is by using the TuneIn app or Radio Garden app if you don't mind listening to some commercials on there. Hey, don't forget you smart speaker stuff, users. I always do that. Yeah. I've got an Alexa at home. All, all my speakers at home are stupid. <laughs> Get dumb speakers. Those are mentally challenged speakers that I have. Let's do a little one to stay in history. I have a few things from history on this day, July 22nd. You'll love the first one. Okay. I love the first one. 1943 on this day in history. We're in the middle of World War II. U.S. forces. Yeah. Led by General George S. Patton. No. Yes. Liberate Sicily. Sicily, yes. That How was, about that? I, that movie is so good. Jeez. <laughs> you wouldn't want to go back home and now watch it. Yeah, and we, we reference it a lot. What a score, too, by Mr. Jerry Goldsmith there from Patton. Um, 1959, Ed Wood's cult classic, <laughs> Plan 9 from Outer Space, debuts. How about that? Considered one of the worst, the worst director in history, but uh, Tim Burton winds up making a movie about him starring Johnny Depp and winds up being my favorite Tim Burton movie of all time. I love that movie, and I could Ed watch Wood's that very over good. and over again. One of my... I love Tim Burton. It's I have a I have an on again off again thing with Tim Burton. Some of his movies are great. Some of them are not so great. And uh, but yeah, the uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space based on Ed Wood. How would you like to be legendary for being the worst? I guess he's he became legendary at least for something mm-hmm. which he always wanted to be. Seven seven zero three eight six. It's BK on there. Hello. Hello. This is Dawn. Just want to tell y'all. Every time you play your intro, it makes me smile and laugh. I You're- love the Ronald Reagan. Uh, the the Ronald Reagan. Which which one are you talking about? You know when he says, um, on, uh, I swear to God, I didn't know. Oh, that's not Ronald oh, no, Reagan. That's, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's uh, Arthur Carlson from WKRP. That's from WKRP in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, that's from a TV show, yeah. When uh, they had the famous that's episode. That sounds like Ronald Reagan. <laughs> it sounds like Reagan. That's funny. It's funny. Now, Gordon, I know. Gordon that... Jump, uh, Gordon Jump, the actor that was the Maytag repairman for a long time, played uh, the station manager, if you remember WKRP in Cincinnati. That's the that's the Turkeys Away episode where they drop turkeys from a helicopter in uh, one of uh, WKRP's favorite episodes. <laughs> but yeah, but that's what I'm glad you enjoy it, though, even though you, you didn't know where it came from. I still were glad you liked it. Um, yeah, it's hilarious. Anyhow, well, I just I, thought I would tell y'all, but that, now I learned something. Well, that's Thank okay. I, I always, I, 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 my wife tells me I never teach anybody anything. She's wrong, so I'm glad that uh, she's wrong. Yeah, go, go home and tell her that. So I appreciate that. Thank start you, off ma'am. that. See you, Don. Keep listening. Keep listening. All right. Thanks. Bye. Start that that's conversation. Funny. If I start recording nope. on your camera first, nope. I want you to set I it up. I refuse to start the last conversation I'll ever have in my life. I'm not going to start it because it will be the last one. You said I'll never teach anyone anything. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Wrong. That's something you would do. I'm not doing that. No, I, I'm not going to take my life in my own hands. I'd rather hitchhike on 285 in Atlanta in the left lane. Naked. While carrying a, a a load of groceries, <laughs> on this day in history, 1983, a movie turns 40 years old today. A creature alive today has survived millions of years of evolution. It lives to kill a mindless eating machine that will attack and devour anything. One terrified you like nothing you have ever experienced when it captured your imagination and tapped your fear like no movie before it. Then, 
just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Two continued the legend and spread the fear. Next summer, nature's most terrifying creature takes on an all-new dimension in an all-new adventure. And for the first time, the terror of Jaws will not stop at the edge of the screen. Jaws 3D. The third dimension is terror. And may I say right now that the absolute best thing about Jaws 3D that I can say is that trailer that guy's <laughs> that's voice probably the only thing that's good that about guy Jaws lied 3D. to you in that entire trailer he was told to say that he read that off a piece of paper yes he did probably and I'm, i said probably let me take it back the worst jaws film i know jaws had no, a four, jaws I know, no no i know jaws had, no i no i disagree <laughs> i know jaws had a fourth film called the revenge at least it was a movie that went back, had Lorraine Gary in it as Brody's wife. It, it acknowledged all the other things. It was a continuation directed by Joseph Sargent, a, a guy I'd been directing for a long time. I think it is better than the third one, which, again, not saying a lot. I thought the third one was abysmal. It was horrible. And, and to this day, I think even when the polls come up, they're like, oh, Jaws 3D, that's the worst one of all. But that trailer... Best thing about it. You know me. I love collecting movie soundtrack scores, film scores. Even the film score to Jaws 3D, which was done by, uh, who was it, uh, Alan Parker. who was He's done film soundtracks here and there, and he was in music for a long time. But it also is a terribly uninteresting, boring, orchestrated music score for that film, too. I didn't even like the soundtrack. I didn't like anything about it. I liked it when it was over. <laughs> That's the right. only thing I say about Jaws 3D. So how are you going to celebrate Jaws 3D's anniversary today, Alan? By not watching Jaws 3. <laughs> by remembering how bad it was when you saw it. Well, yeah, that's a good way to do it. We're doing it right that's now. That's a good way to do this it. This is so the only thing I'm going to do. This is the celebration that we're doing. So, uh, somebody may like it, but I haven't found I anybody I actually saw yet. it in the theater, too. I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it when it came out on, on video. So you didn't at least, you, see, I at least no. got the benefit of no. the 3D like no. when the first victim and they have the arm just floating in the and, water. And the fish head floating like, out at the oh, beginning. Oh, it's yeah. right there. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, another movie premiered on this day in 2011, a much better film. Captain America, the first Avenger, was released on this day in history. A little better than that. Star Trek Beyond opened on this day in 2016. My personal favorite out of those Star Trek films, even though I don't think any of them are that great. 2019 Marvel superhero film Avengers Endgame becomes the world's highest grossing film on this day in history, overtaking Avatar, earning $2.9 billion. But... They had to bring Avatar out in, out in the theater again a couple of years ago to put it just a little over that mark. James Cameron, who gets so, butt hurt over everything I'm now. I'm like, just bring the you Avengers. You're going to re-release hey, this. I said, I said release uh, Infinity War and Endgame as a double bill, and it'll put it back over the top I'd go back too. to go watch it I, right I now. for sure. We'll tell you whose birthday it is when we come back. Speak on the air. We'll return after these messages. Mmm, clean. I mean, really clean. And it holds any set I want. New Beer Enriched Shampoo, Body on Tap, gives your hair super body, super hold. Brewed with one-third real beer. Wow. But don't drink it. Just shampoo. Whether I roll it, pin it, curl it, or blow it dry, it gives my hair super body, super hold. And the shine of your life. It's the beer shampoo that does it in three bodybuilding formulas. That's body. On Tap. We got 
got soup. What kind of soup? All kinds of soup. We got beet soup, that's a sweet soup. Then there's meat soup, parakeet soup, shredded wheat soup, and concrete soup. And the special today, dirty feet soup. Dirty feet? Oh, forget about the soup. Let's see what you got in the menu here. Uh, you got sandwiches? We got sandwiches. What kind of sandwiches? All kinds of sandwiches. We got ham sandwich or a jam sandwich, like a lamb sandwich or a clam sandwich, Alabama sandwich, that's a yam sandwich, or how about a telegram sandwich? This I gotta see. Bring me a telegram sandwich. Sorry, I can't bring it to you. You have to eat it over the phone. Forget about the sandwich. Let's see what else you got in the menu here. Hmm. Oh, I know. You got salads? We got salads. What kind of salad? All kinds of salads. We got a green salad, sardine salad, tangerine salad, magazine salad, jelly bean salad, blue jean salad, and special today, gasoline salad. Gasoline? Baby, you gotta be kidding. No, sir, that is delicious. Every 6,000 miles, they change the oil of the dressing. Forget about the gasoline. Maybe I'll just have a dessert. Now, surely you got some simple dessert. Lots. You got ice cream? We got ice cream. What kind of ice cream? All kinds of ice cream. Just plain old-fashioned gorilla. What'll it be? Let's forget about it, lady. I'll just trot on over here to the laundromat and have myself a bowl of soap flakes. Did you hear that? Some people have the strangest notions about food. Woo! This is Dr. Johnny Fever with a prescription for those Monday night blues. WKRP in Cincinnati. Tomorrow and every Monday at 8, 7 Central and Mountain. Take only as directed. This is CBS. Lady, thank you, lady, for calling in for saying Dawn. she loves the, she loves the uh, the quotes at the beginning, which is fun. And this is WKRP. This is for this is how it ended. Mr. Carlson, Mr. Carlson is from that show. That's okay. She thought it was Reagan. That's all right. Maybe he does sound. A little, I didn't remember. I haven't listened to it that close. I'm have to listen to it does again he sound now. Like Ronald Reagan. It's Mr. Arthur well. Carlson. Let's do some birthdays today. Some birthdays. I know Alan will. My Alan will should recognize every one of these people. Today is Orson Bean's birthday. He was an American actor and comedian. He, well, he was all over game shows like To Tell the Truth, Match Game. He was in The Equalizer too with Denzel Washington. He was the older older man in the movie that was living, you know, I think in New York or something like that. That he was helping out. Uh, so he, he was he did a lot of stuff on television. He died in 2020. Today was, is Louise Fletcher's birthday. Remember her? She, American Academy Award-winning actress. She was Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet. Of the Cuckoo's Nest. She was in Brainstorm, the movie that uh, Douglas Trumbull did with Christopher Walken, where they would record your thoughts from uh. 1983. Another movie that was ahead of its time. We watched it back then. We're like, oh, this is total unbelievable crap, but <laughs> well, maybe not so much anymore. She was in D- Star Trek Deep Space Nine as a Cardassian. She was all over the place, and I did not know she was from Birmingham, Alabama. She was from my home state. I had no idea that she was born there. She died in 2022. It's also someone else's birthday. And instead of telling you up front 
whose birthday, who else birthday it is. I'll let you guess, and you'll get it pretty quick if you are a fan of this show, whose birthday it is today as well. You will bow down before me, Jorel. I swear it. No matter that it takes an eternity, you will bow down before me. Both you, and then one day, your ass. There you go, right there, one of the best villains in Superman history. They, he's such a great villain that they used him for the, one of the two of the movies, or the beginning of one of the movies in the Superman 2, and he came back, played by a different guy in Superman Man of Steel. That's Terrence Stamp, English actor. Uh, he was in The the Collector, Billy Budd, Superman, Superman 2, and some of the Star Wars prequels. He played uh, Chancellor Valorum in Star Wars, if you remember correctly he was also in he did a role in Priscilla Queen of the Desert I don't know if you ever saw that <laughs> Never saw he played that. a drag queen in that he was really good and it. it was really odd to see him doing that but uh, that's his speech from right before he got sent to the Phantom Zone at the beginning of Superman that's great at, there at the beginning that's an example of where you can shout and it doesn't sound fake like yeah, his he, rage he delivered it perfectly was like I'm just listening like that's just so real it just feels because like Thanos he did it first. He believes in what he's doing, and mm-hmm. he thinks, hey, you're going to bow down toward me. I know you're sending me to the Phantom Zone. I'll probably die, but I don't think I'm going to die. I'm coming back, and you're going to bow down before me. That's a villain. Today is Alex Trebek's birthday. We lost Alex in 2020. And, you know, I know he's legend. He's a legend known for Jeopardy, mm-hmm. but for years before I finally accepted him as being known as Jeopardy, I remember Alex Trebek as being the host of another game show called High Rollers. Do you remember that one? Where they had the giant dice and they'd roll them and try to get the certain numbers and, oh, and yeah. win prizes and stuff? That was Alex Trebek. He, huh? Yeah, okay. he was on that for years. And I, I, I thought of him more of, uh, of, of on High Rollers <laughs> than anything else. Somebody's calling on the line, 770-386-1450. Somebody's on there right now. Hey, it's BK on there. Hello. Hey, what's up, fellas? It's Chance in Atlanta. That clip you played of Terrence Stamp as Zod, for the longest time I thought he said a bad word. Something I'm not going to say the actual right. word. Yeah, it kind of says that with his British accent. Yes, that's true. Doesn't it sound <laughs> like that a little bit? It does, but what a great actor he was and what a great villain. And, and, and uh, Orson Bean, you know how he died, don't you? Uh, no, I do not know how Orson Bean died. He got ran over by a car, so he oh, could have made terrible. it to 100. Yeah, 2020. And then fi- terrible. I know, final thing, you played that great clip from Empire Strikes Back of Han being frozen in carbonite. What's wrong with that clip you played? I know you know. Well, there's nothing wrong with it now, according to George Lucas, but uh, Boba Fett's voice was replaced by uh, the guy that plays Boba Fett in the prequels. Ding, ding, ding. I'm so impressed. I knew you'd get it right, and that just bothers me. I have a film print of the original version. That's what I love about film, reel-to-reel film for well, I I have the original a, I have, version, so it's so ingrained in my mind. The original. I have, I have the original uh, the original DVD releases of the original theatrical films when they released them with the special edition. So I'm glad I got a copy. And that's the only ones I watch really are the original film versions on DVD. The original Boba Fett voice, by the way, was done by an actor named Jason Wingreen. He played Harry, the bartender in Archie and All in the Family and Archie Bunker's Place. Credited, and I don't I don't know. He was probably paid for it, but he was uncredited for it. And he was a great. Uh, Great voice actor. He's worth a lot to me. I thought he sounded even more gangster with his voice than than the later guy. So that's just me, anyway, and you too, probably. All right. Thanks for calling, Chance. Yeah. That I, again, uh, you'll never see those. Those will never be the official version of Star Wars anymore, according to everybody else. All the the special editions are the accepted versions, and you'll never see the uh, the I, I, theatrical versions. I anymore. wish I could have done one thing, like my version in that scene. Your version? In my, if I was going to rewrite it and I was going to put just a touch of like humor, 
As soon as he says he's worth a lot to me, he's like, well, if he dies, the Empire will compensate you. Well, Boba Fett was probably thinking, I'm not going to be coy with Vader because he could just uh, take me out. I wouldn't get anything. I'm not going like, to be funny the, with him. Why are you worried at this point now? <laughs> if the Empire's yeah. going to pay you, go ahead. All right. Okay. All right. Or you could be All like, right. or you could just let Billy Bob Thornton do it. All right, then. <laughs> let his door his voice. Mm-hmm. Today is Danny Glover's birthday. He's 77 years old today. Uh, today is Don Henley's birthday, American rock drummer, singer, songwriter, best known as the uh, for the Eagles, Don Henley. And um, you know something about the Eagles? You know how, how you, there's certain groups where I have found that there's two rock groups that if a person is singing a certain songs with this rock group or whatever, I can karaoke them because they stay right in the keys that my voice can stay in. <laughs> now, I'm not saying I can sing them well, but I can s- stay on key and at least handle the notes they hit. That's Don Henley from the Eagles. And any Steve Miller song, I, I love doing karaoke because <laughs> Steve, he doesn't get, get too crazy with his vocals and go too high or too low or too crazy. I'm like, oh, he stays pretty streamlined. I can do those during karaoke when I we do karaoke. The only place I do karaoke is my sister's garage when we go visit her. She has a machine hooked up where they have fun and do it sometimes. And sometimes I'll double into Elvis land too, which is kind mm. of fun. I think I do Elvis karaoke kind of a caricature of Elvis. There's right. a different way of doing it. Thank you. Thank you and another much. actor's birthday today. I think we both are fans of this guy. It's Willem Dafoe's birthday today. I love Willem Dafoe. And I'll tell you, uh, the great performance that he he turned in in Spider-Man No Way Home as, as, as uh, Harry Osborn was so incredible and i tell you another thing if you haven't seen it he's in a movie with the robert pattison the twilight guy and the guy from harry potter called is it the lighthouse yeah have you seen that yet no and i keep wanting to weird it, i'll warn you it's a very weird strange bizarre and when i say dirty i don't mean dirty to the point of being rated x i mean it's just dirty dirt under the fingernails Grungy. filthy yeah uh movie that will make you feel incredibly stanley Kubrick-ish uncomfortable i'll just put it that way but it's intense though and it had and i think it means to do that so we saw i've watched it twice just to make sure i didn't miss anything so i'm like i gotta see this again because this was i was too busy sinking it in the first time and watching it the second time it's very scary too without any type of supernatural thing about it it's just it a black it's and just white drama well? and life yeah that's it it's in black and white love it's it i need to watch that i i think robert pattinson is a very very he's good a good actor. actor he is a good actor he's a very um, good actor i enjoyed him as um what was his name in harry potter the the hufflepuff that gets that dies oh, um i can't remember his name cedric, cedric diggory cedric diggory yeah he was that's the first i think the first thing i saw him in was harry potter first thing a lot of people saw him in and yep. plus i'm a hufflepuff every time i take the uh, <laughs> tests i am house hufflepuff that's you're by me. the kitchen i'm like, like yay like the food. yay fourth place we're happy with fourth place that's fine uh, today is National Hammock Day. It's always National Something Day. That Developed by the Mayans of Central and South America for sleeping or resting, a hammock is a sling made of fabric, rope, or netting. You know this. Mm-hmm. Which is suspended be- uh, between two points, such as a post or a tree. Most often, hammocks are made from the woven bark from the hammock tree. Hence the word <laughs> hammockus. So there you go. That's how it got its name. And today is Mango Day. I, like I love mangoes. a fresh mango. Yeah. And you could enjoy those together. Have a mango while swinging on a hammock and relaxing. Best mango I ever had in Belize when we when we took our vacation and we were on that seeing like the, the Western Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And we stopped in Belize City in Belize and took a tour. And as we're driving around seeing the sight, you know, there's, it would come upon this fruit stand. And that Stacy and I will do this. They're like, they're like go, go here or go there. I'm like, we want to go where we want to do something different on our own. We'll, we'll, we'll do our own little trip. 
which might be dangerous sometimes, but we, we try to be as careful as we can. And the, we they, we came up on a fruit stand, a local stand in, in uh, Belize, and they were selling uh, pieces of mango in a plastic baggie. I'm like, let's try some mango right here down here where they just pick it up right down right. the road down here and try it. And uh, try it. That is so delicious. It was so good. We're just chomping so, on a mango, taking the tour. It was well, so fun. You know, you mentioned bringing it like right there. My brother yeah. said when he went to Hawaii, when they went on their oh, honeymoon, Hawaii. he said, you wow. think you know what pineapple tastes like until you're in Hawaii. <laughs> you don't know nothing. You don't He's know like, Jack hey, until you get it there. Imagine pineapple, but like like 10 times brighter and fresher oh, yeah. and juicier. It's like, it's just, he said everything else tastes weird now. He's like, that was pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Even when even when your grocer's your local grocery stores that say uh, fresh right from the grower to your grocery store. It's still going to make about a week or two trip sometimes. It's still They'll keep it as fresh as they can and get it right. there as quick as they can. But, buddy, when you get it either out of your garden mm-hmm. in your backyard or you get it near well, the source, it's completely different. What they have to do, and, and, and it, it's good. Sure, but yeah, they have to good. they have to pick it before it's fully ripe and right. hope it finishes ripening Ripe-ing by the time it bit. gets to you. It's a, that's why you get but, bananas that are unripe in the produce in your right. grocery store. But if store. you let it finish ripening, then pick it. Yeah. Oh, because <laughs> you get it right then. Right. Okay, we're we're looking at the clock. It's about to ripen here in 20 seconds. It's ticking down. It's okay, the reason why grab it now. garden tomatoes. I know you're not a big tomato fan, but anybody who's a tomato person out oh, there sure, knows they're great. When you pick the tomato out of your garden, you will <laughs> oh, never yeah. taste a tomato like that from the grocery store. You just can't. Or it's anything impossible. else that you've got coming out of your garden usually tastes great. Speak down there. I've got some more coming up. When we come back, we'll talk about Barbie, the Barbie movie coming out. Get some Barbie back and stuff, and uh, maybe some more stuff when we come back. In the Valley of the Jolly, Green Giant. Every year at the Valley Fair, they judge Green Giant Niblet's corn against all comers, and Niblet's corn always wins the Green Ribbon. The judge explains an ordinary can of corn has lots of water. To keep his Niblet's corn crisper, the giant gives you just as much corn, but almost no water. Then it's vacuum-packed. Niblet's brand corn is the giant's own special kind, grown to be sweeter. For the crispest, freshest tasting corn, try Green Giant Niblet's corn. The giant's green beans win first prize too. They're crisp young beans, sliced at an angle for more fresh bean flavor. Try Kitchen Slice brand diagonal cut green beans. Good things from the garden, garden in the valley. Here's something even more fun than a valley fair. A soft, huggable green giant ragdoll. He's 16 inches tall by the ruler, about a good squeeze wide, and you can have him for your very own. Just save three labels or frozen package fronts from you-know-who's vegetables and mail with 50 cents on your name and address to Green Giant, Lasseur, Minnesota. Details are in this week's TV Guide or Sunday Comics. Send for your Green Giant ragdoll today. They're doing push-ups in Peoria. They're jogging in L.A. They're exercising everything in lots of crazy ways. But take it from the chopper. Hey, the chopper, yeah, that's me. <laughs> if you want to have great choppers, exercise your teeth. Exercise those choppers, really chew, chew, chew. Exercise those choppers on some good hard food. Your molars grind. Your canines tear. Incisors bite right through. So exercise those choppers on some good hard food. Pumpernickel. Carrot sticks. Crunchy fruits and nuts. 
you have to chew will make your choppers tough. So take it from the chop, cause choppers know it's true. Exercise is great, but exercise your choppers too. Hey, chopper, how about running a few laps with us? Hey, later, man. I'm eating a celery stick. This is hard exercise. You're listening to BK on the Air. Now back to a guy who put me through a lot of pain in childbirth. I'm his mother. I should know, but I love him anyway. It's BK on the air. Gee, Barbie are having a dinner party. You and Barbie, glamorous Barbie townhouse. Wow, three floors. All six rooms have a modern look. You can help Barbie arrange the living room. Ken's cookie in the kitchen. The superstar Barbie and Ken doll set is sold separately. Barbie changed for dinner. Elevator's going up. You and Barbie. Barbie Townhouse has a play elevator, six rooms, and all this furniture. Assembly required from Mattel. Wasn't assembly always required on everything, and batteries were never included? A little spot for the Barbie Townhouse there from 1979. I was very familiar with it. No, not because I had one, but my sister had the Barbie Townhouse. It was this giant three-story thing. I mean, it was the it was the Death Star playset of Barbie. It was that no, big, wait a minute. giant playset set. Your that parents you had. bought your sister the massive... Yes. Barbie doll playhouse. Yes. And you didn't get the Death Star? No. You see, were not treated fairly. See what fairly. a living H-E double hockey sticks my what? wife was? What? That, your family played favorites. You were sure not the did. favorite. Yeah, I know. I'm well, very well aware did of that. Did you get the Millennium Falcon at no, least? No, but I got the die-cast dinky Inter- USS Enterprise, though. I that's got that. That's, that's I not the that. same thing as, no, the, as, no. as the Millennium well, Falcon. Well, for me at the time, it was better at the time for me. Was and it? When I, no, the year I got the, Inter- the year I got the Enterprise, the Falcon wasn't out yet. It was 78. Uh, that's when I got the Enterprise. That would explain it. No, the 79, uh, I got, no, 78, I got the, because uh, there's no Star Wars toys in 77. We know that. 1978, I got the Luke Skywalker X-Wing fighter with the Luke Skywalker figure. Yep. So that was pretty good. I got I that. I had that. So. And did you get the TIE that's fighter as well no, with I the never little got wings the that you fighter. could pop off nope. like, with the little buttons? Nope. And you match the little R2-D2 head for your X-Wings to that's, go that's into. That's the one I had was that one, yeah, the X-Wing so fighter. The problem is they hadn't come out with a Kenner Luke Skywalker in the flight suit X-wing flight suit yet? So, yeah, so he had we had to the use the tattoon. He had to dress like he's on Tatooine in the, the cockpit. Tattoo-y it doesn't look right that way. Feels it just weird. Didn't look right. But yeah, she had the Barbie townhouse. The only problem with me is I did have a Mego figure of Captain Kirk from Star Trek: The Original Series, mm-hmm. and Kirk was always I always found him in Barbie's townhouse, and I never could figure out why. I hated that. I'd put him on the uh, I put him on the shelf where he's supposed to be. I woke up the next morning, he was always in that Barbie townhouse. Have you no not seen the movie why. Toy Story? Well, I figured it out later. Okay, <laughs> but at the time, I don't know why Kirk wound up in Barbie's townhouse. <laughs> so. And I love the the thing you sent me about the Kirk paternal. Did you like suing, that? The, the alien suing for Kirk's uh, philandering I, in I space. I came across that. I was like, I've got to that share is this. so funny. Is they're like, Starfleet, you know, well, uh, sue have for damages your, from Starfleet. Have you found yourself in, was, was it did abandoned Kirk, Kirk with one of your Kirk's child? seed? <laughs> Call Starfleet for damages. We'll pay you. Problem is, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk won't do it anymore because he's dead. So he can't get it from Kirk. Well, you know, Bar- the, move, the new Barbie movie, is it out? Has it has it opened? It came yet? out yesterday. Okay, so it's the Barbie movie is out. Yep, a movie that I probably more than likely will not go see. Uh, I might stream it later just to have fun, but I'm not that interested in going to see it. But it's a popular. It's 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 on track to have a huge opening, and do very well supposedly. So. Uh, she's been a culture icon since she hit the toy aisles more than 60 years ago, and the doll has made her big screen live action debut. It's directed by Greta Gerwing, starring 
Margot Robbie. As Barbie. And I, that's my current crush, by the way, is Margot Robbie. She's just she's just fun to look at. She's <laughs> very nice. Ryan Gosling is playing Ken. I guess he's going from Blade Runner 24-9 to playing Ken, I guess. It's, it's whatever. He does a lot of other stuff. He's in the new Fall Guy movie, too, by the way. They're making a Fall Guy movie, the Lee Majors show. Yeah, you had opened on the 21st. If I just read this, I would have had to ask you. That's funny. <laughs> Before you head to the theater, though, here's what you need to know about the doll that started it all. She was born on March the 9th. 1959. Her official birthday party represents her public debut at the 1959 American International Toy Fair in New York. She stood 11 inches tall and was dressed for a pool party in her black and white striped one-piece swimsuit. Barbie was instantly recognizable as the only toy in the doll aisle that wasn't modeled as a baby or a little kid. Having a grown woman as a plaything for children was an entirely new concept. The one thing she didn't have at first was a belly button. (laughs) That was added to her design more than 40 years later. They didn't put the belly button on Barbie until the year 2000. So you may or may not have known those facts. Next up, she was designed by an engineer who used to work for the Pentagon. I did not know that. Jack Ryan began his career as an engineer making missiles for the Pentagon, but was eventually hired away by Mattel for his space-age savvy. That's his name. Is that before he went to hunt for Red October? Probably. And and acknowledged of materials, meaning that he was able to make high-quality, well-functioning toys is what that put that uh, knowledge of materials in space age savvy his designs helped give barbie her twistable waist and her click click knee joints where he could move her legs that was some of his uh contributions to that she barbie was based on an r-rated german doll is where she came is where the idea came from ryan designed barbie the concept came from mattel co-founder ruth handler Handler was traveling through Europe with her kids when she came across a German Bild Lilly doll, B-I-L-D-L-I-L-L-I, Bild Lilly, who was anything but kid-friendly, this doll. Lilly was a high-class call girl who began her life as a comic and was sold in smoke shops and adult toy stores oh my in Germany. But Handler, who had mentioned the idea of an adult doll to her Mattel executive husband before, liked what she saw. Her husband, Elliot, had initially balked at the idea, but the Lily dolls sold him on the concept. Handler would later write in her autobiography, quote, My whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, the little girl who could be anything she wanted to be. Barbie always represented the fact that a woman has choices, unquote. Build Lily's manufacturer, the German doll, initially sued Mattel for patent infringement. <laughs> really? But the case was eventually de- dismissed, and Mattel officially bought the rights to the doll for $21,600. I don't think you could buy the rights to uh, a paper napkin now for $21,600 in today's Couldn't sneeze for twenty one. Barbie, you never wonder who Barbie's named after? Barbie is named after the creator's daughter, Barbara Handler, daughter of Ruth and names uh, and namesake inspiration for the Barbie doll poses, posed for an autograph after placing her hands in cement. That she, back in the day in 2002, she put her hands in cement for Barbie at the Egyptian Theater in Hollywood, California. I've been right by that theater. Uh, Barbie is named for the handler's daughter Barbara, and Ken is named after their son Kenneth. <laughs> in Barbie's world, her parents are George and Margaret Roberts from Willows, Wisconsin. Here's a little Barbie background, family background for you. Other family members include her siblings, Skipper, Tootie, Todd, Stacy, Kelly, Chelsea, and Chrissy. Tootie and Todd are twins, but so are Todd and Stacy. Apparently, at least according to Todd's box, she also had cousins named Francie and Jazzy. 
It's all of Barbie's relatives. By the way, one did you know one of her siblings went missing? Only adding to the whole twin mystery story, Tootie mysteriously disappeared in 1971. So we can only assume that Stacy, introduced in 1992 figure, is Tootie reincarnated. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe she died. She maybe. took her over. Maybe she was a clone. Maybe she was a doppelganger. Uh, who knows? Did you know I had to explain to someone the other day what the word doppelganger mean, meant? I used it in a sentence. I'm like, what's that? I'm like, you don't know what doppelganger means? Okay. It was a millennial, by the way. So It makes sense. I had to, you know. uh, the original Barbie is worth some serious bucks today, by the way, if you have one. The first Barbie in 1950, when did we say she was born? 59. 59? Do you know how much the first Barbie sold for when it came out and took a stab at it? Was it like $3 maybe? It was $3 exactly, not maybe. It was $3 each. Various accessories were extra, of course, if you had added on to it. Kind of like a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had things onto a car. These days, an original mint condition could fetch a certain price. What 20 do you grand, think? maybe? Pretty cool. Man, you're all over it today. 25 grand. Wow. At an auction. Of course, plenty of non mint Barbies are also worth a pretty penny, as are the doll's accessories. Even if you got the accessories from 1959 and not the doll, those are even harder to come by because they always lost those. Right. <laughs> I always, I always lost my guns, too, to my Star Wars figures. You know, the little guns you had to... Mm-hmm. And eventually, I did the hard, most horrible thing a collector could do, but for me, it made sense. I super glued my guns to my figures' hands when I was a kid. Because I was never going to take them off. Why would I? A Makes lot of guys sense. take them off, put them in plastic bags, keep them separately. I'm like, I want his gun in his hand so he could pose. I just glued them in there. I didn't. <laughs> as a kid, you don't think about reselling things. Of course not. I'm Toys not are meant sell to be my Han with. Solo figure. Are you crazy? That's the other thing I learned from Toy Story. I'll, I'll tra- yeah, I'll trade cards and stuff or packets of bubblegum cards. I got a couple more facts about Barbie that you may or may not know when we come back. The movie is out in theaters now. If you happen to go and see it, you can call us on the air. We'll talk about it more when we come back after this break. Barbie! BK on the air here. We're living the old days. I mean, Retro Radio Rocket Man, 100.3 FM and AM 1450 WBHF every Saturday morning. I try to bring that Saturday morning feel back to kind of the way it was and remember stuff that we may still remember, but you have to smack the back of your head to pull it to the front of your brain where you can remember. Oh, I forgot all about that, but I heard BK talking about it and it made me remember it. So that's kind of what I'm here for every Saturday to have fun and talk about that stuff. I want to remind everybody, you can go to Dave Sudstrom's YouTube page and find out and listen to our, and watch, not just listen to, but you can watch our Retro Palooza 5, where we all get together. Dave Sudstrom, myself, Pat McCormick from the Golden Ridge of TV, and um, 
Thrash Pondo Ponds got together and reminisced about bubblegum cards and uh, lunch boxes. You know, the steel lunch boxes, tin lunch boxes we took to school, and the toy, some of the toys that we loved. And buddy, there were people chatting about it in live chat and having a good time. I had no idea that so many people had lunch boxes like me growing up in school. And we always we we we, we broke one of the commandments, Alan. We cov- I coveted <laughs> my fellow students' lunch box. We all did that. You had a great one, but they wanted yours and you wanted theirs, but we never switched because we, we just kind of went, okay, that's cool. We got cool lunch boxes. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Did you did you have, did you remember one you had in school? Or yeah, I had a Star Wars one? one. I had a Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Uh, really? So you had more than two. Oh, yeah. I think we got one every year. Oh, well, you lucky devil. I, just I, like I had three. We got a new backpack every year. From first grade to, first grade to like, uh, Sixth grade, I only had three over that whole time span. I think I even had an Evil Knievel, and not even knowing who Evil Knievel was. Wow, I quit. I, I didn't. I liked it, but you know what? I didn't really need to take my lunch to school because everywhere I went to school from element in my local area, growing up, elementary, middle school, or junior high. Some people call it. We called it middle school, and even into high school. All of my schools had fantastic food. I did not hate my lunchroom food at my schools. I thought it was great, especially rectangular pizza day. You, you was know the what? Best. I was raised. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm part of the clean your plate club. My dad was Ooh. like, "Don't you embarrass me at someone's house. You eat whatever's in front of you." I just learned to eat everything, so I didn't. I, I didn't know well, any better. I, I did too, but at least our food tasted good. I, I didn't have. Why a do all the it. vegetables taste the same? They're just soggy and watery. Well, oh, you had the bad. Well, yeah, and it's like it uh, hospital food. That's a different story. <laughs> of all the places you should have something really good, nutritious, and good tasting, is a hospital. It's the two things you won't get in a hospital that you should be able to get if you're in a hospital: good tasting, <laughs> tasty food, and sleep. You know, I'm in a hospital. I'm recovering. I need to rest. No, they're going to wake me up every two hours in the middle of the night to check on me, give me a shot in my butt or something like that, and not let me sleep. Can I tell you the, I hate the, that. the worst I felt <laughs> in terms of just constantly groggy is the first year of Elena, my second daughter's birth, because for 13 months she never slept more than about two and a half to three hours. Uh, you, I would rather oh, have— really? Well, I would rather have four hours of continuous sleep. Oh, sure. Rather than get up in two hours, go back to sleep, in get up in two increments. hours, and go back to sleep, and get up that interrupted and have sleep. have 16 of that in a row. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you want to talk about The Walking Dead before it was a show? It was me as a parent with that kid. I was like, you, you just sleep through the night, please. Yeah. 13 months. I remember yeah. that because she was 13 Stace, months old when she finally slept Stace through the night. Stacey keeps telling me, well, you don't have the parent gene because you never had any. Because, you know, when I would be with my nephew... Or, or some of my great nieces or my great nephews, and, I, and, 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 I've, and I've all of a sudden I've had enough of the screaming and the crying. I just hand them back to the parent. I'm like, I can't handle this. This is uh, <laughs> I like it when he's happy. Right. That's funny. He's laughing and stuff. Always, oh, he's in a bad mood. I can't. I'm not going to deal done. with that. I'm not going to do that. And she's like, if you'd had kids, you'd know what to do. I'm like, you're tr- you're right because I've heard that all of a sudden you go into parent mode and you you can you, the screaming and the crying. You still don't like it. But you're attuned to it, and you come and you go into parent mode if it if it happens properly. I never I never went into that, so I never got that. Let's go back to some Barbie facts here. Talk about kids. Kids own Barbies. They had ever since I was a kid. Did you know that there have been and the Barbie movie is uh, is in theaters now. There have been lots of celebrity Barbies. I know I know that British fashion icon Twiggy. Now I said British fashion icon Twiggy, and if there's anybody that's uh, younger than 
35 years old. They'll have no idea who I'm talking about, but I remember who Chuggy was. Was the first real-life celebrity to get her own Barbie. The supermodel's doll wore a mod miniskirt, go-go boots, and her signature spider lashes. Sound like she could have stepped off the set Twiggy of Austin, was, Austin Powers. I thought Twiggy was Buck Rogers' friend. That's Tweaky. This uh, is Twiggy. Sound like Twiggy. Tweaky. Twiggy, Twiggy, Now, if they had to make a Tweaky Barbie, that would have been interesting. She'd have been like a robot and two feet high. Many other famous people have had their own Barbies as well, including dolls wearing the classic looks of Grace Kelly, Elizabeth Taylor, Marilyn Monroe, and Audrey Hepburn, as well as more modern ones like uh, Nicki Minaj. I don't know who that is. Singer. Gigi Hated. Don't know who that is either. Do you know who that is? Nope. Okay. Ava Duvernay, du- Ava Denervi. I don't know who these people. The are The way at you're all. pronouncing it, I may not, I may know these people, but not the way you're pronouncing. Well, D U V E R N A Y is the last name. Ava Duvernay, and uh, and a few based on TV movies like Star Trek. By the way, they they brought out a Star Trek Barbie with a Barbie in the red dress, like Uhur, Lieutenant Uhura War in the original series. And Ken was in a Captain Kirk gold shirt uh, outfit. They did some Star Trek ones and some others like movies, which is great. Uh, by the way, here's the last one. Barbie's signature color, in case you haven't noticed. I think I know. Well, take, take a guess. I'll give you three guesses, and the first two don't count. I'm going to say blush and bashful. <laughs> That's right. It's pink. Pink. Of course. Specifically, Barbie's pink is Pantone color PMS219C. PMS, huh? That's PMS, yeah. That's what it says. PMS219C is Barbie's trademark Pantone or the Pantone color that they use the actual and yes there is a special Barbie with a dress made out of Pantone swatch swatches it says so there you go catching you up on a few maybe known or little known facts about Barbie <sighs> and the Barbie figure and how long she's been around now a long time guys I think it's interesting that girls call things like Barbie a different things than we call them girls use the term doll I have mm-hmm. a doll Guys go, I have an action figure. Action figures. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. There isn't, but there is. And <laughs> there a really is. doll, for my girls even, yeah. like when they, because they loved stuffed animals, which was different than a doll. But yeah, they could right. have had stuffed dolls, but they weren't <laughs> right. the same thing. Right. We've got to clear this thing up, these right. things up, you know, to, to, to make my, it right. I, I'm, I should have realized my kids were going to be like dog lovers and animal lovers because they would always prefer, like they played with Barbies. They had small little girl things. They loved their stuffed animals. You know how right. like that scene in uh, E.T. when E.T.'s hiding in the closet and all the stuffed animals? <laughs> yeah. My kids could do that on their bed. And like, they just they hide had in them? so many stuffed oh, animals, they, and they would sleep with them all. And Did just... you do that with stuffed animals when you were a kid? Do you remember I only it? had one or two when I, I was a kid. I only had one or two. I didn't do the, all that. The two I had, I had a turtle, a <laughs> little stuffed animal. Like, he's a turtle, which turtle, is cool. Turtle, turtle, And I had, a, I had a snake, but it was the really, it was long. the eight foot long, and it was that plastic fluffy, soft-feeling thing, and it mm-hmm. had a little, like the Kukla Fran and Arlie Dragon head on the end of it. And that's the snake thing that I had. That's all I remember having is stuffed stuffed animals yeah. as a kid. I never went to try to win them. I didn't want those. I, I, had, I wanted the Star Wars. When we went to go visit SeaWorld stuff. for the first time as a kid, I had a Shamu and I had a dolphin. Okay, stuffed animal? Stuffed animal. Okay. And I know I actually had a Raggedy Andy doll. Right. From okay. Raggedy Ann and Andy. Yeah. I had a Raggedy Andy doll. But that was about it. I think that lunchbox came up in our discussion on Retropalooza Five this past week, where when we were talking about lunchboxes, someone came up with and th- and and chatted that they had a Raggedy Ann 
lunchbox. You know the one I was when I was listening because I I told you I had to go because I, I watched you guys for a little bit. I just was kind of neat. I had you on, and, I, and the thing is, I could have you and listen and not necessarily have to watch. Right. So I had you on my phone. I was doing some stuff, so I was getting ready for a video conference call that I had to be on. But I had totally forgotten about the number of kids I grew up with who had Holly Hobby. Yeah, I had it was, forgotten yeah. the name Holly Hobby, and then I would so many people. Had Holly Hobby dolls or Holly Hobby costumes or, or lunchbox. I was like, oh, that's yeah. right. That was a thing. Holly Hobby. Yeah. First one I had, and you'll hear it if you, if you, you can listen to it now, our whole retro clues. Woody Woodpecker was the <laughs> first lunchbox I had in the first grade. That's the first one I had. I think I graduated from that on to uh, Spirit. I had one called Spirit of 76, mm-hmm. which it was the bicentennial. It showed little cartoon character caricatures of, of children playing the roles of figures in history. There's this little kid uh, shining. Um, George Washington's boots, and he's sitting there getting his <laughs> shoes shine. Then on the other side, you see a, a, a reenactment of the Boston Tea Party with little kids moving the tea at uh, the pier and stuff. And, gotcha. and it was all it was red, white, and blue, and had the American flag on it and stuff like that. Uh, you know, things they don't teach in school today. Not you know, anymore. People, would, uh, kids would see that lunchbox and go, "What's going on in that lunchbox?" Well, it. let me explain to you. I don't get it. What it is? So, well, I got Shakespeare then, stuff in school. Then from that, I went on to Space 1999 lunchbox. Ooh. That's the one that, that was my favorite. Of all time because it was such a great. I remember seeing that lunchbox. with other people. But that was I also never had one. Another complete card collection that I have is the Space 1999 cards when they came out. I still have them today because I was able to buy them and replace them. I want to get to a couple more things before it gets too late. We're talking ticking up to the end of the program here. Discovery Channels. We're talking about Jaws 3D. We love sharks. Sharks are fascinating. People are so fascinated by sharks. Discovery Channel has kicked off Shark Week. With host Jason Momoa, the guy that plays Aquaman, how very fitting! <laughs> it was July the is it has, has it premiered yet? No, it's it's on it's tomorrow, Sunday, July the twenty third is tomorrow on the Discovery Channel. Uh, and guess what season they're kicking off? This is like twentieth or something. This is the thirty fifth anniversary 30th. of Shark Week. Wow, I can't even imagine it being going on for that long. It originally premiered in, on July the seventeenth, nineteen eighty eight, and an interesting note in nineteen ninety four. Guess who hosted the 1994 Shark Week? A name we're very familiar that's become synonymous with sharks for a certain reason. Would it be Peter Benchley? Peter Benchley hosted. He certainly did. The author of the writer of Jaws, and I'd forgotten about that. In 2014, Deep Blue, a great white shark estimated to be 20 feet long, or 25, who knows, was featured in an episode of Shark Week, and she was tra- traversing the waters off the coast of Guadalupe Island. And mm-hmm. they like, that's a big shark. I man. love how they've had so much work on this. They can tag the great whites, and they know where they are. Oh, yeah, and they're keeping track. In 2021, the events began streaming on Discovery Plus alongside its broadcast on the Discovery Channel, and Discovery's annual celebration of sharks will include epic adventures along with scientific revelations every night during Shark Week. There's a reason. They're fascinating creatures. They have a whole week dedicated. You don't have... uh, You don't have... uh, uh, Platypus Week on Discovery. You have Shark Week. Can I tell you one movie I am not interested in seeing? What's that? Meg 2. Oh, I wasn't interested I didn't interested even know they made enough for the first one. I wasn't interested in the first one either. So, like I've said before, and I'll say it again, they'll never make a better King Arthur movie and they'll never, than Excalibur, and they'll never make a better shark movie than Jaws ever. It's BK on there. See you next week. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.